welcome to Dear Alice, a lifestyle approach to interior design. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Dear Alice. Today, we're talking about the design rules we break and the design rules that aren't really rules at all. Suckers. That's right. <laughs> it's a new year, guys. I know. Also, I feel like we've been breaking rules for a long time. And I just want to give people permission to go ahead and break them too. Yeah. We're going to tell you some of the ones that we break consistently. And I think I think one of our designers said it great when we were talking about this on Monday, that you go to school, we learn all the rules so that we can then break them yeah. in the correct way. Mm-hmm. So, yep. That's what we're going to show you. Yes. Okay. So we're going to start with a question. This is from one of our listeners. Uh, Her name is Stephanie Denise Durham, and she wants to know our opinion on the upper cabinet doors. Do you think they're making a comeback or still out for the count this year? Susan and I are both smiling. Um, It actually is a good question. I think what she's referring to is the fact that a lot of people are doing open shelving. She's saying doors, cabinet doors. So I think she's referring to people having the cabinet boxes hung so you can see your dishes in there, but no doors on them. Maybe she means open shelving. Maybe people aren't putting cabinet doors on, but I would say that that's probably not a trend. It's not a trend. Open shelving, I would say is a trend, Mm -hmm. something that we're like, we've embraced. Obviously when you look at our portfolio, we use it a lot. Mm -hmm. And it honestly, all the storage, when we're designing a kitchen, it's all dependent on the space that we're given and the amount of storage a client needs. Mm-hmm. And if they like, we have a lot of clients that hate open shelving. Hate and it. So we hate it. <laughs> hate, it. hate it. So we're not going to put it in those because they'll hate us. <laughs> That'd be a bummer. Yeah. So it depends on the person if they're if that's something that you're okay with, that you like the idea of feeling like a restaurant, mm-hmm. feeling like a gorgeous stocked restaurant. Then you know open who, shelving you know who you. hates it? Ooh. Our moms. Oh, Right? Judy would hate it. Right? Polly would too. (laughs) I think it's a generational thing. It is. Yeah. It would collect the dust. I don't think that there is a woman that is over the age of 50 that wants an open floating shelf. That would break their brain. Yeah. Yeah, It would be unsanitary. Yep. And messy and cluttered. They would just be like, my brain can't. I would rather have everything tucked away tightly, neatly Mm -hmm. in a cupboard. Right? Yep. Would you put... So this is weird. I had never heard of this until we talked about it yesterday. And no joke, we were, Mari and I were watching a TV show last night, and this is a set of a TV show, obviously, but their kitchen had upper cabinets all with no doors on it. And Mari's like, why is that? I was like, no joke, we just talked about this this morning, and I didn't think this was a thing. It's because your phone heard you talking yeah, about yeah, it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Here's, here's what I want to say. It's not a thing. I just want to say that on this podcast, it, that it's not a thing. It you shouldn't do it. You can do open shelving if you want, or you can do cupboards with, with the doors closed, but there's not. Or you can have nothing up there. If you have plenty of storage yes. in a pantry, or you have a tall tower flanking your fridges. Or you, you have, have two lots of islands. Two islands. With tons of storage. And you, you don't need it. Or if the architect has put beautiful windows, and that's what's making you so jazzed about this kitchen. Yeah. Keep the windows, bump the uppers. Yeah. You know, that's and by you bump, she means it. you don't need uppers at there. all, which yeah. is crazy. But if you think about our project, Tiger Oak. The wall that the range was on, the big range hood, it was big windows next to it. There was not a cabinet, a upper cabinet on that whole wall. No, and the wall, it's the great. only wall with uppers was the fridge wall, and that had tall. That was all cabinetry. Yeah, and that was its own thing. But even the perpendicular wall, with like the other prep sink and the drink station, had another window. And so we did do some open shelving mm-hmm. on the right side. 
but there wasn't like there wasn't a need for upper or like nest, like room really. Do you know what to I'm thinking too? Like Rachel Parcell's project, I don't think there's an upper cabinet it's in her whole kitchen. She has a cabinet or a china cabinet on one side. She's got a few open shelves on both sides of her range, but on her window wall, which is a huge run with her sink, there's no uppers. There's really no yeah. upper cabinets in her main kitchen. In her pantry, there are. Yeah. So we we often, not often, but I would say there's a percentage of the time where if we can get away without uppers, then the room doesn't feel like so much of a kitchen. Mm-hmm. It just feels like a beautiful room with big windows, which is yeah. breaking a major rule of all time ever <laughs> because there's always been a lot of uppers. Also an older home, 1980s home, um, Ashley Kennedy's home, House of Kennedy. Yes. On her range wall, we did no uppers. We just punched in big, huge windows into this older home that had small windows and then we did floor to ceiling, um, full cabinetry on the right of her stove. On her fridge wall. On her it's fridge wall. In her fridge wall, because again, when you're mm-hmm. doing your kitchen, you have this fridge, which is a giant tower. We're yeah. using huge fridge systems these days. And so if you can, like try and like encompass all your like storage around that and make it a whole system. Mm-hmm. And then try and clear out the storage and keep it more open and more airy on the other surfaces if you can. If you can get more window and more light in there, do it. Like we would 100%, I think, prefer that if we have storage elsewhere. Yeah. So, yeah. And Back. we, we're believers in open shelving as well. Mm-hmm. I don't think necessarily, I don't know if I'd want to see a whole kitchen full of open shelving. No. I think that that would get a little cluttered, but like and that's enough of it to make it still feel special. And then just light and airiness, I think we'll always sign up for. I was just to say like back in the day, it was like, as many uppers as you could put in, there'd be like a peninsula with uppers above it. And oh, yeah. that, you have to like peek up underneath, you know what I mean? And Slim Shady's above like an eight foot, like <laughs> your eight foot kitchen above the fridge, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah. You can't access. Oh, we're like, man. throw some storage up there. We, we're going to put our phone books up there. <laughs> <laughs> the phone book. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Those Slim Shady's died out with the phone book. <laughs> now they're like used to as a step stool or something. Remember when you used to like throw the phone book on the ground to stand on it to get something down? <laughs> now it's the restoration hardware catalog. You throw that on the ground, stand on top of it, get, get down those plates. <laughs> Good times. I think we're all becoming more edited on what we want to use, yeah. you know, and what we want to use, we want to see. And so that's why open shelving is successful mm-hmm. is because we want to be able to see what we have and we want to be able to use those things and live with that luxury. Yeah. That's why open shelving makes sense if you're down for it. If Definitely. At the age of 50, you're down for open shelving. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're usually getting rid of a lot of like the riffraff or you're putting those sippy cups inside of a drawer. Oh no, you're, you're just throwing close. those right away. Yeah. Like you don't need them anymore. If you're, uh, if you're, I do. If well, your you kids do. Are <laughs> Suzanne yeah. needs some yeah, stuff. We, we're both yeah. like, uh, yeah. sippy cups are our lives right now. <laughs> right. That's true. But they're going in like a bottom drawer or something, right? So yeah. kids can yeah. reach them. I don't want to yeah. see them. Yeah. I hate seeing that stuff. Right now I have like the little, what is it? The boon things for my, our bottles. Uh-huh. I cannot wait until I'm out of the bottle phase. So I do so not have true. to have that on my countertop. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Anything that you don't want to see, you're going to throw it in a drawer. Mm-hmm. And then. Lower drawer. A lower drawer. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, okay. So I would say other rules that you can break. Um, this one is going to break a lot of husband's brains. Are you ready for this? <laughs> Putting a rug on top of carpet. <laughs> right. I know we're oftentimes designing for people and we've got this incredible area rug that's going to tie the whole room together. It's just incredible. It's like a large piece of art on the ground. And oftentimes the husband will say, 
why are we putting a rug on top of carpet? We've already paid for wall to wall carpet, you know, <laughs> and it's such a different thing to us for like, it's like a scar for a piece of art. It's not, I don't think of it as like a floor covering, right? No. It's like this element that's going to pull everything together, you know, and make it look incredible. But that is a rule that somehow people have formed in their brains. And for us, it's always been gentlemen who are practical, or maybe there's a woman that's practical that shares that same belief. But usually for us, it's, there's usually a naysayer when it comes to putting a rug on top of carpet. And yes, we do it all the time. Yeah. And and that's coming from more of like being a male. I, that's coming from more of a money thing, right? It's like, I just bought this carpet. I'm not buying something to put on top of it. Yeah, yeah. Could or that be. gorgeous yeah. hardwood. I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't want to cover up. I think there's that, but I also believe it's it just doesn't make sense. Like they're like, why are we making a sandwich out of this whole carpet situation? It doesn't, you know what I mean? And it's for your delicate feet in the morning when you don't want to get out of bed that you can at least look forward to putting your feet in a gorgeous, gorgeous carpet. Soft plush yeah, carpet. Soft plush or, carpet. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And we'll even layer carpets. We'll usually put like a height. If you have a little sitting area, yeah, we're going to throw a height over mm-hmm, there on that, sure on that are. carpet too. Yep. Um, and it's okay, everybody, when you put a carpet on top of rug, you'll have a pad and sometimes there will be shifting occasionally. So you're going to have to straighten that thing out, but it's still worth it. Yeah. Even knowing that we're still going to put a rug on top of carpet. Totally. It's like, it's so. a look, it's a vibe. It's like you put a t-shirt on, you put a cardigan on, you put a coat on. Yeah. Right. You throw a scarf on, maybe you put a beanie on. It's like, you're just layered and it's fashionable. It's interesting. We're just trying to create interest in this room. If you were to see a room completely dialed in and then we take the rug away, you'd be like, why'd you do that? Why'd you just, you just killed the whole thing. You just cut the feet off. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> it's, it plays such an important role in a room. Um, and so just know that that is a rule that we're going to break. I don't know who made that rule, but for some people, they have that rule on their head that you so can't maybe put. I made that rule. <laughs> carpet in a rug. Yeah. Rug that's, a, that's a men's rule for sure. <laughs> yeah, you know, men's rule. Mass I like builders, that. That's what happened. Okay. Another one is um, the hearth on the fireplace. Yeah. It's more of the fireplace on top of the hearth. You know what the hearth is, right? That's the spot that you like sit in. It usually sits like 16 to 18 inches above the ground and it's like a bench. Mm -hmm. So we'll see these and we'll put them in. If you have a ski and ski out lodge, let's put a hearth in there. Park City, Utah. Let's (laughs) put a hearth in there because you're going to want to warm up by the fire after a cold ski day. And so if it's applicable like that in the space planning and there's tall, tall ceilings Mm -hmm. and, you know, it's a cold wintry day, it makes sense. But we love the look of the firebox sitting on the ground and having a ground hearth. That's when you still have to have some tile on the ground and you have the mantle sit, like standing on the ground Yeah, as well. I think the hearth is dated. Uh, yeah. We don't do hearths 97% we're of the time. We're just taking them out when we, we are. go into homes. Yeah, when we're remodeling we're and we're gaining that space back. Yeah. To do ottomans or something else that's more plush in front of the fire. And something of, like space and available And you get that fireplace. The, mantle. the mantle's now at eye level where you can appreciate it. Here's, here's a real bummer. Are you ready for this? <laughs> Hit me. Hearth, firebox, mantle, TV. Oh. So now that TV is like freaking like slapped. A hundred, a hundred inches in the air and your neck is broken and you're oh. just like, now your chiropractic why? bill is going to be out of no, Why, why do we do this charts. to ourselves? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I, the hearth is a real, it, that's, uh, anyway, we're done with the hearth. And I think that that's probably a real rule. Will we break that rule? Absolutely. Yeah, we, we will. will. We will put hearths if it looks rad and we find a cool design for them. And we have done that 
But also, also, we have to have the ceiling height. You have to have a tall ceiling to do a hearth. You do have to have a tall ceiling height. We're not giving you a hearth in a nine foot ceiling or an eight foot ceiling. So 10 or above? Barely 10. 10 is like, you could do a hearth, but you probably shouldn't. Just because we don't like them. And at 10 feet, you don't have to have it. Okay. Unless yeah. you do, unless it's like your dream to, because you, you've just always wanted one. Or architecturally, it makes sense. Yeah. I'll put it in. They're not that comfortable. There's more comfortable ways to sit in front of a fire. You have to have Definitely. a massive room to be able to like want to occupy that square footage with a hearth. Yeah. I don't think I've ever been like, I want to sit down and enjoy myself. I'm going to go ahead and sit on this rock slab. Yeah. Yeah. I don't <laughs> think I've ever said that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're frostbitten. <laughs> that might be the only time. Okay. <laughs> Moving on from the hearth. Um, don't put mean? a TV over the fireplace okay. is a rule for us unless you're in bed. Yep. And that means you're laying down and your gaze is up, mm-hmm. which means which means you can have a TV high yeah. in a bedroom. Exactly. Right? I'm I'm breaking this for, for two reasons. Yeah. Most of my I had I wanted to get the Big TV. What do you mean by big? 75 inches. Okay. That doesn't fit on the side of my fireplace. Mm-hmm. And I love- Are like, we talking about your bedroom or are we talking about no, your main great, space? Great room, yeah. And okay. I love cooking while like watching TV. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Standing and looking. Yeah. will be fine. Yeah. yeah. So- Poor Mari is going to have the kinks in her neck when she's not cooking. <laughs> oh, we're just going to have to get a really comfortable sofa that we yeah. can- Yeah, design. but you also probably have 10-foot ceilings. Yeah. And- it's always like when I have people over, it's like watching the Super Bowl or, mm-hmm. you know, just Sundays for football games and the play at jazz playoffs and stuff. So it's always like congregate around the TV. Just make sure in the kitchen. that your TV is not bigger than your mantle. I actually make it, sure the width of your mantle exceeds I had, I had the width of your. That. I had to make it the mantle bigger. You're such a pig, TV. but yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I went over to see, you have to see, you have the frame TV and I mm-hmm. saw it and loved it. And I was like, have to have that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Nice. And you know what? Um, Rachel Parcell's bedroom. We have a big, beautiful hand carved marble. I can't even tell you the cost of this thing. It's extraordinary. Mm-hmm. It looks like it's carved from caramel cheesecake. It's the prettiest marble block you've ever seen. And it has a TV above it. And you're like, oh, why? That, you just stare at that well, thing and be so entertained just staring at marble. But we did the frame TV. Um, smaller than, so it looks like a piece of art and it's so incredible. That kind of justifies it a little bit yeah. in my mind. Did you me. get the frame? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause then I was like, okay, if I'm yeah. going to do it, I'm just going to do this mm-hmm. and then it can be, I mean, it's going to be a, you that'd guys, be a huge get the piece bezel. of art, but get the bezel. So it doesn't just like look like the black. Yeah. That's what I will say. Did you get one? We got one Samsung damaged it. Oh really? Acid, so they have to send us a new one, but Yeah. So where did you get it? Samsung you, will not be sponsoring this podcast. <laughs> Damn it, Samsung. <laughs> Send me a link because everyone they don't I've exchange got, it. You have to return it in the buy a new one. <laughs> Who has time for that? Everyone that I found was like $1,000. The bezel? Yeah. No, from Samsung, I think they're like, yeah, they're still like $300. Or our Tyler Hansen, our framer is uh, actually going to be making some. Why don't you so, define, will you define for the people what a bezel a is? A bezel, you guys. Okay, so the frame TV it's obviously you can like put art above there. They have these, it's so, so much fun, but it, ha- it has like magnet. Basically the black portion is magnet on the frame. And so they'll send you bezels, which is basically four strips sticks that you put together to make it feel like a frame around it. And they have it from Samsung. Anyway, they have it in like, it just comes with the black 
or you can get it in a dark brown to look like dark wood. They have one that's called beige that looks kind of like a lighter wood. Mm-hmm. That's the one I got. Or you can do it in white, which I think is what we did for Rach's mm-hmm. above her master. So, so it just makes it look not like a TV. So it, a little bit it's more. It's like a frame that magnets onto the edge of your TV. Mm-hmm. That And then when she says you can put art up there, you use the remote and you click through and you can click through all the masters if you wanted to have Monet or Van Gogh or anything. Suzanne That's clicks so on a fun. new piece of art every time over, over there. She has a new master's up and she's probably upped her level of art by like a thousand you fold. Can subscri- you can subscribe oh, for you like probably $5 subscribed. a month. Yeah. You know, to like be able so to we'll just sit and flip through an art. And that's what I did like for the, <laughs> during awesome. my maternity leave. That's basically what I was doing. That's the only was, thing she did was just look at all the art options <laughs> on the frame TV. Just feeding babies. Yeah. Looking at art. I want to say the frame TV breaks rules just across the board. It, it is does. the most extraordinary way to have a television in a space and not make it look like a television. Yeah. This I should be sponsored so by Samsung. I know. I love yeah, you. Yeah. Now we're yeah. back. Sorry, Samsung, for all the, for all the <laughs> bad things the we said about you. <laughs> no, it is brilliant. I feel like so much of the time, I can't believe we, this turned into a TV podcast. Sorry. Guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. Get the frame TV. We'll stop there. Okay. Let's yeah. keep going. Okay. So the next rule is, um, do not put anything in front of a window. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so this, um, this goes out for all the bathrooms out there. Sometimes the architect has put a very important window on the front of the house and you're like, Oh, I shouldn't move that window. It really keeps everything in sync. Everything's symmetrical. I have to keep that there, but that's right where a vanity falls. So we have put a mirror within the casing of, of a window and we floated a mirror in front of a window before. And you can do that. And that is breaking a rule of why would you block a window? Yeah. Right. But that's the exception. I wouldn't say like, here, let's put a window above the vanity just so I can put a mirror, float yeah. a mirror above. I don't think that's something you'd want to do. The one time we did, well, we didn't even put a mirror in front of it was Tiger Oak. Yeah. We actually put the sink underneath the window because we don't need to see each other brushing our teeth. Yeah. Nobody wants right. to see yourself spit that's in a mirror. Disgusting. Yeah. Yeah, but then we put the mirror on each side so that we had vanity and mirror above that. But mm-hmm. but yeah, don't just place a window um, right above vanity if you can control not to. You've seen a lot of really fun, tricky versions of this on Pinterest. And um, for us, we find that there's better ways to... It's not ideal. Yeah, it's not ideal. You're going to do it if you have to, but don't put windows there just so you can float mirrors in front of it. It's too tricky. Cleaning things is difficult. Um, And you're blocking a lot of really great light. So, but we can make it work. And, and it's a really fun way to break a rule if needed. And we'll float things in front of windows. If it orients the room in the most ideal way, example, you go into a bedroom and the architect has put a massive window, you know, right where the bed should be. When you walk into the space, we will float the bed in front of the window and we'll do window treatments to soften all those edges just so that when you walk into the room, you're not having to walk into the side of a bed, mm-hmm. you know, unless you're like living in the Swiss Alps and you're like, you need to see that view. Mm-hmm. We will float the bed in front of the window. Hopefully we can get a hold of your floor plans before the architect does things like this. But a lot of you guys might've moved into a home and it has this circumstance yeah. and you're like, Oh, it'd be so great if I could put my bed on that wall, but there's a window there. Mm-hmm. You can still put your bed there. Sure can. Yeah. Or like in my sister's, um, she had a corner fireplace Ugh, ding, ding. and she, again, we don't want to put the TV above that fireplace. And how do we orient the room? I had to do a console 
to the left of that fireplace and float the TV, just have it standing on its stand in front of the window. So we got shades for that window and window treatments, and we put that TV on top of the console to the left of the corner fireplace in front of a window. Now, when they went to go sell the house, the realtor's like, take that away because, you know, people are probably going to put it above the fireplace. I was like, what? No, we just solved this. <laughs> just fixed it. Have you we listened to our it. podcast? <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, it'll sell faster, but everybody came in and they're like, where's the TV? So yeah. anyway, but you can put things in front of windows. Totally. Um, speaking of space planning a little bit, um, one of the rules that often breaks people's brains is that when you're arranging your furniture, not everything has to be at the 90 degree angle. Yeah. Like you might, you might corner a pair of chairs where one's against a wall and then you have a side table and then one is 90 degrees from that facing the opposite way. Um, you can throw things off on angles and it doesn't have to be a perfect 45 degree angle. Um, we are really seeing a movement right now where there's a lot of curved sofas. Every one of our lines is carrying a curved sofa. There's this movement with um, more organic shapes and furnishings. And so when you use a curved sofa, now all of a sudden you don't have these straight lines or 45 degree angles. You're starting just to angle things into um, a conversation area, almost as if the furniture are are the people that are having a conversation with the sofa. So when you walk into a room, the room should look like it's having a conversation and um, having things off on different angles that are a little bit more obtuse, I think looks way more designer. Mm -hmm. So don't feel like you have to square everything up. I think that's also breaking a rule. Mm -hmm. I think it'd be an interesting experiment after a dinner party. So you throw one and people naturally, like if there's a small chair, they'll like drag it over here and I'm going to talk to this person. Then it'd be interesting to watch and see what that heat map looks like Yeah, (laughs) and where that furniture ends up as we're space planning, because that's how people converse Mm -hmm. and that's how you should kind of arrange your furniture. Just have that intention as you guys are planning your spaces. Yeah. I like that. That's good. I'm playing with proportions and always going bigger. It's kind of breaking a rule. Sometimes when there's a small space and we put something really big in it, it actually makes the space feel bigger. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, A bigger rug, bigger Mm -hmm. sofa, bigger art. It always tricks the eye to just making it feel grand. I live in a really small house, but by having big art on the walls, it doesn't feel small. It Mm -hmm. doesn't feel like, oh, it's, you know, it's not very wide. These hallways, I don't want it. But I put like big, massive art on there and it just... I don't know. It's exciting to walk down those spaces because I broke a rule, Mm -hmm. you know, and it just, it feels more impactful. Amen. We were doing some research um, in prep for this episode and Katie found this and I was reading through it today. And so I just wanted to like see what you guys thought. Um, But this is from House Beautiful and the article is 10 interior design rules to follow when decorating your home. And number three is fake height. It says, if you have low ceilings, choose low profile furniture, such as sofa and coffee tables to create the illusion of height. Do you agree with that? Because that feels I, opposite to me. I, I think so too. We would do tall things. Um, one thing for sure we would do in like a room with an eight foot ceiling. In fact, we lived, we rented a home when we were starting the business and the ceilings in this great room were seven feet, 10 inches, mm-hmm. just shy of being eight foot. And the room was huge, which made the room feel even shorter, especially when you looked in the distance, lines kind of converge. So what I did was I hung drapes all the way to the ceiling on the far end of the room to pull to that ceiling yeah. up. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, using larger things definitely makes the room feel bigger. Um, look at House of Kennedy. 
eight foot ceilings on a home built in 1980, you know, and all of those rooms feel grand because of the way they're decorated. Yeah. Big tricks, dark colors, lots of interesting patterns. Um, all of a sudden you're like completely surrounded by design and you're like, this is incredible. And you feel it more because the spaces are smaller. And after being in it, you're like, I want to do this for myself. I want to live like this because you don't need huge footprints your design is so much more impactful in a smaller space. Yeah. Yeah. See, I thought of that when I was reading this, I thought of your, you've told me that curtain thing before. And um, I was just, I just pictured like using their logic and just short, really short, like draperies. That would look so funny. I just laughed out loud, like thinking about that. But I mean, I guess if it's short enough, then that tall, that wall is going to look tall. Mm -hmm. We've all seen stuff that's too tiny, you know, at home goods. Oftentimes people are like, what a great deal for a, chair or a sofa and you're like get that thing home and you'll see why it's such a good deal or target like yeah why are you selling furniture target you know Mm -hmm. what I mean like get out of get out of that space you know because everything's a lot tinier Mm -hmm. until you get it home and they're like oh that's why this rickety gold bar cart was such a good deal it's because it's it could go with my kids pottery barn kitchen you know yeah yeah yeah, it's so tiny I'll picture (laughs) that feels underwhelming to me if you walk into a room everything's kind of like down here, like short, you know, it's just uh-huh. like, it feels, yeah. center for ants. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like PB kids. It's all for the children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, oh, definitely. Um, no, but your eye, like we see, I don't know, those horizontal tension lines, right? Like it's, if you have an eight foot ceiling and you paint the ceiling white and you just see that strip of color and like where that color meets the ceiling, your eye hits that. If you can somehow just like lift that by continuing that color onto that ceiling, yeah. be it white, be it a color, you know, make sure you're pulling up on like your actual sofas and furniture. Make sure that you're bringing, you know, the window treatments from ceiling, you know, to floor. The art goes from ceiling to floor too. Just pretty much just, just exaggerate. And that's your scale. That's the size. And we're going to break those rules. Yeah. I like that. I mean, it's kind of like an outfit, right? Sometimes when yeah. people dress in all the same tone, it's very elongating. Or if like you wear black pants with a black boot and it's a heel, your whole leg, you know, all of that. For all of days. a sudden you're like, I think I might be a supermodel. A tall glass. Am I six feet tall? I can't <laughs> tell what's going on here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. By not chopping things up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we look better. Okay. Using furniture for something other than its intended purpose. It's always breaking yeah. a rule. Yep. So that is, oh, so you're saying like the rule of that furniture was to be this and you're using it for something else. Yeah. Okay. We're going to use the dining table, the small dining as an end table. Yeah. Or as a nightstand. Yeah. Yeah. I get that uh-huh. I get Thanks, that Ralph. all the time from like when we're developing furniture. Like yeah. oh, that's that's a dining table. Like, no, it's a that's a center hall table. No, yeah. no, sir, this is a dining table. I'm like, no, it's it's not yeah. what we're using it for, but thank you. Yeah. yeah so we're funny. big pigs here in America. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. what we're doing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. I love that trick so much. Yeah, it's great. Cool. And it's unexpected for the eye. It just I don't know, it tricks the brain and just it's so gracious he's a master at that thomas o'brien we walk into his showroom at market at century furniture as who makes his furniture and his space planning like blows our minds and we do it for a living study it yeah we're like whoa this is calculus of interior design it's crazy he'll have a dining table a full-blown rectangular dining table that's like 100 inches behind a sofa pushed up and you're like that's amazing. If I lived in a, if I lived in New York, like yeah. probably most of his clients do, I would buy bigger furniture and just sure. interestingly space planet, you know, and then he treats that huge dining table like a desk. 
I have like usually sitting at one of them sketching, yeah, just, just sketching like, away with gorgeous. a massive lamp on it. But then you can see how easily he could, you know, take that table and pull it away and push the sofa forward and host a dinner party on it. And, you know, it's just like, it's just really, really interesting. He'll also put like an occasional chair right next to the bed where as if you were sick lying in bed, they were sitting right there and could talk to you face to face. And it looks so beautiful and like it should be in a movie. And I'm like, I'm going to try this at home. So romantic. Every, everything he does is, it's like, you can hear music. It's breaking, you know? And I think for most brains, when they're thinking about like putting furniture in a family room, they're thinking I'm going to buy a sofa, possibly a love seat that matches it. And I'm going to get two club chairs, Mm -hmm. you know? So it makes this perfect rectangle. But when you really study like interesting spaces, Thomas O'Brien spaces, any, any designer on the AD 100, and you look at their spaces, they are putting things at all different angles using, you know, things for different intentions than what they were originally built for. And that's why they're so magnificent. You're just like, whoa, you know, and, and I think implementing those things into your own homes, Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's, I mean, it still takes a trained eye to kind of compile it. But I think by knowing these rules and how Mm -hmm. to break them and studying these spaces, I think everyone on this that's listening can get closer to those, that type of look and should. I think ah. it makes it much more interesting than that, I don't know, just mm-hmm. that formula that we were raised by walking into a big box store and seeing, buying the matching set. Yeah. Be better than the set, guys. Yeah. Don't do that. Totally. Start collecting. Yeah. And reimagine your spaces. Mm-hmm. You know, just, I mean, even if you didn't buy anything new, just by using the things as if you took everything you owned and put it in the middle of one room and then redid it all and it came out in a different way. You know, break the rules the way that you saw it once before. Do it differently this year. Mm-hmm. It's really fun. Um, okay, another rule that we love to break is art on top of finish work. Mm. <gasps> Putting a nail in solid wood finish work? Can you stand what? it? Yes. <laughs> yeah. You Sinful. Know, you know, paneled walls in entryways and um, dining rooms and whatnot. When we see a piece of artwork kind of straddling the line of the wall and the finish work, you're just like, oh. Oh my gosh, I would never, so or, precious. or even, um, we did this at Catherine Wong's house where, um, we did built-ins, a uh, fireplace in the middle. And then on top of the built-ins hung a piece of art that was really a Samsung TV. And it looks like a piece of art hanging there on top of the built-ins. You can't just do that when you just, if you have a shelf, don't buy a Samsung. Yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of engineering that went to like yeah. the blocks that had to be. We had it stuff. built this way to yes. look intentional, like a piece of art was hanging on top of built-ins. And we sized down, you know, for her TV, it's probably less than 60 like inches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that it looked like art hanging, like the right scale hanging on top of built-ins. You cannot do this with a 75, 80, 90 inch TV. Oh, that won't make sense. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, it just, it just looks really beautiful and studied. And, um, we love art hanging on top of the face of your built-ins on top of your paneling. Stack a couple pieces mm-hmm. you know, over that little split in the shelf. Yeah. It's, it's really beautiful. good. Mm-hmm. It's really, really good. Yeah, your husband will not be for it. Um, so do it while he's at Because he'll use words like, it's solid wood. <laughs> solid wood. <laughs> they say that when we go to paint their kitchens white, too. We can't paint this. It's naughty alder. <laughs> yeah, you can't put a rug on top of my new wood floors. <laughs> yeah. You know. These are new wood floors. Yeah. Men do, my, men do not want to cover wood up. They think it is the most beautiful, sacred thing. It should I, not be painted. I love my 
I'm building cabinets right now for my kitchen. Sure you are. Solid maple. Yeah. Painting the heck out of them. Yeah. It just maple paints a lot better. So I'm uh-huh. like, that's what I'm going to do. Solid hardwood. Yeah. Nice choice. Yeah. It's great. Totally. I love that. Um, so these were a couple of the rules that we thought to share with you that we say, go ahead and break. And you guys are going to be thinking of a million more. So feel free to write in to Dear Alice at alicelanehome.com. If you have any more questions on breaking rules or you think we should do a podcast on any topic, but thank you for listening. I hope you guys have a great day. Hey, thanks for listening. If you like our show, please leave a five-star rating.